Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Southern Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. When Urban Meyer isn't fondling buttholes at the bar... He's kicking kickers and calling calling his coaching staff losers. Is Ira Paul, a.k.a. Deion Sanders' latest five-star commit, heading to Jackson State? And with me, as always, is AJ. Is Mills Mafia the rookie of the year? Marchese. Spoiler alert, no bit here. He's my offensive rookie of the week, baby. Today, we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from week 14 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Wilder vs. Fury, Mayweather vs. Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with MyBookie. MyBookie is the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley, too. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley 2 at MyBookie. As much as we'd love to see Jake Paul eat canvas, he's, he's looked strong in previous matchups. And with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back the problem child to win this rematch as he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to MyBookie today and place your bets. Fill your pockets and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul vs. Woodley 2. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. This is the first I've found out Paul vs. Woodley 2 is happening and I'm pretty excited. Uh, are you picking with your bloodline here? Going with the Paul family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect. respect. Are, you, are you not? No, 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 I'm not at all. Woodley, did you know Woodley took the fight on short notice? That's pretty cool. That that makes me want to pick him more. Everything favors the problem child. That's that. Honestly, I think the problem child is the most famous nickname in sports right now. 
Like, I want to see Jake Paul eat canvas, but he looks strong in his previous matchup. Yeah, where'd you hear that from? My bookie head there today. Okay, before we get into NFL rookies, I got a whole mess of declarations, AJ. I'm just going to jump into it, and you you know the drill. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame running back Kyron Williams, Georgia Tech running back Jordan Mason, Iowa running back Tyler Goodson, USC receiver Drake London, SMU receivers Reggie Roberson and Danny Gray, USC receiver Katie Nixon, Utah receiver Britton Covey, Washington offensive lineman Jackson Kirkland, Oregon offensive lineman Malasila Amuva-Lalu, maybe, Virginia Tech offensive lineman Brock Hoffman, Southern Illinois offensive lineman Zivion Fuckran, Fukron, Florida State edge rusher Jermaine Johnson, Florida edge rusher Zachary Carter, Illinois linebacker Kalen Tolson, FAU corner Coral Smith, Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, Illinois safety Kirby Joseph, Texas A&M safety Liano O'Neill. Clearly Sorry, one name. It's okay. It's okay, Rob. I'm just going to say it. Clearly one name. Oh, one that you, pron- that you pronounce right too stands above the rest here, right? Britton Covey. Britton Covey. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that he didn't take his seventh year of eligibility kills me. I mean, look, he had a great year. He's flashing the pot return. Like, I, I don't blame him, but uh breaks my Ute heart to not see him go back. I mean, it's astounding. His first year at Utah was in 2015. <clears throat> then he went on a mission for two seasons and then came back, played, <laughs> played four more seasons, and still has another year of eligibility. He's, he's, he's the king. I love, I love him. He's uh, he's one of the most underrated cultural players of all time. You know what I learned about missions? Let's not talk about declarations. Let's talk about this. Because uh, Michigan signed, uh, it was a 2020 recruit that was supposed to go to UVA, I think like a four-star tackle. He was on a mission, and he was like just in another part of Utah. I thought like you'd go to like somewhere exotic and do your Mormon stuff, and no, you're just in like another part of Utah for a couple of years. Yeah, it's probably easier to be on a Mormon mission in Utah, but... <laughs> It's just easy um, recruiting. Yeah. Um, Fish in a barrel okay, there. What, <laughs> who are you most excited about? I mean, Kyle Hamilton uh, yeah, was sure, obviously right. going to happen. He's he's a top five prospect. No no shocker there. Um, it's kind of same, same idea with Drake London. I'm glad Kyron Williams did. Yeah. Um, because I think he's kind of that day three running back who can – Especially with what he can do in pass protection, who he'll be an instant impact player in the NFL. Even if he's not a, a bell cow NFL runner, he can almost be a a, a plus Naeem Hines type. I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Maybe not as good at pa- catching the ball, but um, but better in, impacting the pass. Yeah. yeah, and better pass protector. You know me. I'm just trying to comp at least one guy to Naeem each episode. Yes, you do. Um, yep. Uh, uh, Jermaine Johnson, I, th- I feel like kind of flew under the radar, but that's another big terrible. one. Uh, yeah. Yes, he had a great year for a bad team, and I mean Georgia could have used him against Alabama, and he obviously for sure. There, but yeah, he he's a guy who I think is going to go blow up the combine. He's he's six five two sixty. He'll be a riser for sure. Um. Yeah. I, I. I. It's a. It's a. Not. A not top-heavy edge class, but it's a very deep edge class. It's more deep than it is top-heavy, really. Well, it's hard. It's also kind of hard not to say it's top-heavy when the first two picks in the draft are on the edge, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Just there's a lot of guys who I think can be fairly instant impact pass rushers in the NFL that you're going to 
have available on day two, like mm-hmm. a Jermaine Johnson, unless he really blows up the combine. Yeah, like um, we won't see as many uh, first round edge rushers as we did last year, but uh, that day two crop is going to be more fertile, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Agree, yeah. Uh, Kirby Joseph is an interesting guy, too. Former uh, receiver turned DB, long, kind of wiry safety, huge ball production for a bad Illinois team this year. That's a, that's a guy I'm excited to get my eyes on. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake, Drake London. Do you do you think Drake London ends up being, uh, for you, you, you yourself, I know we were both kind of lower on him entering the year, but obviously massive season, and he's kind of forming, at least it seems like on draft Twitter, to be a consensus top five receiver in a in a good deep class, do you think he'll end up there for you? No, I don't think so at all. Same. I don't think Same. he'll end up as a first round pick either. If I'm being honest, but again, that's not personal bias, but that's just me thinking he's he's an overrated prospect. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, and that's why it's so fun. But before we get to the NFL draft, we do have the Senior Bowl in Mobile, where Jim Nagy's putting in overtime. Always we got a, we got a couple more acceptances this week. Starting with the pick man, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh quarterback. That's I mean, Jim Nagy's been waiting three years to give him an offer. That's so true. Uh, a handful of other fairly big names: Michigan running back Hassan Haskins, Ohio State defensive lineman Haskell Garrett, and Tyreek Smith. South Carolina edge rusher Kingsley. In Agbury, Oklahoma linebacker Brian Asamoa, Montana State linebacker Troy Anderson, uh, Iowa corner Riley Moss, and Arkansas line sna- long snapper Jordan Silver. Huge week for Haskell Garrett there. Huge week. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, because I feel like, I mean, every time Harbaugh had a chance to talk about Aiden Hutchinson, he mentioned Hassan Haskins. He, like, even if you, like, I watched the Heisman ceremony and when they talked to Harbaugh, about Hutchinson's there, like he did not forget to mention Hassan Haskins in kind of the same breath as him, um, just for what he did for the program this year. And obviously, you as a Michigan fan saw it firsthand. But I feel like he was kind of slept on, to an extent. Maybe it, it hurt because in that same state they had a Heisman-worthy running back. But mm-hmm. Haskins is just that tall slasher, and I, I don't know, was it you who who mentioned like he could be the day three Elijah Mitchell for this class? I think, we, I think it was you that said that, but we were talking about Haskins. You might just... We're both just so smart. We're always did did I say Hassan? Ha- I totally meant to say Haskell Garrett. I don't know what I said now. But I love Haskins. I thought you, said, ha- I thought you said Hassan Haskins. I don't know. Maybe I, you said Haskins. I'm excited to see Haskins nah. there too, but I totally I agree with what you said. I think he's going to be like a safe day three back that will uh, – hey, draft him and Kyron Williams, and you've got a backfield. It, um, it's big. It's big. a uh, big week for him to show he can catch the football. Yeah, and obviously Chris Evans went there after you know not playing and uh, really shined. And yeah, uh, the he was awesome last year. He was um, the most impressive catch on the ball, especially out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, big week to prove that he can do that. Obviously, they didn't really throw to him very much this year. So um, maybe they're waiting for the for the college football playoffs to unleash that. Uh, and then Haskell Garrett, you mentioned big maybe. Week. We're not sure if you mentioned him or not. Um, <laughs> I, I did, but yeah, maybe not the first time. Y- you you even mentioned how he made the I think second team All American team. Yeah. You're like they obviously didn't watch the games if Haskell Garrett's a yeah. second team All American this year, and I agree because yeah that he was him and Zach Harrison did not live up to the hype whatsoever. He I thought after kind of shining out of nowhere last year, 
he didn't have a horrible season, but he didn't play to the level I think a lot of people expected him to. Mm -hmm. And specifically in the run game, and that this is a big week for him to show he can hang with some of the top offensive linemen in the country. Yeah, no, I totally. And and then ironically though, you know, Smith, uh, I mean, Garrett had a bad year. Harrison Smith had a bad year. Wait, Zach Harrison, Harrison Smith, Zach Harrison had a bad year. I'm tired this episode, but uh, Tyreek Smith did have a good year, so it's fun to, fun to get him there. Um. Troy Anderson's a fun one, too, because he, I mean, Montana State uses him. He showed up as, like, an option quarterback. He mm-hmm. played running back for them, well-playing linebackers. One of the best players in school history. He's a linebacker who, I, I when I watched him over the summer, they were using him in all kinds of ways. Like, some games he would be playing overhand. Yeah. Some some games they'd use him as, like, a designated pass rusher. So I'm excited to see what he looks like as an athlete compared to these other guys. Yeah, that's a good question. I, but that, that's a guy you knew Nagy had to get. Yeah, yeah, it's a big Nagy guy. So is Riley Moss. I, I like Riley Moss. I, I think know he's you a do. good player, and I think he's going to find like a home as a versatile DB. Yeah, he's going to be a safety, isn't he? Probably. I kind of like my nickel. But yeah, yeah, around the line of scrimmage somewhere. Um, and Jordan Silver, thoughts? Uh, ooh, overrated. Oh. Yeah, not a fan. He's yeah, no tenor crew. See- can't wait to see your long snapper rankings in, in a couple <laughs> Did months. Did we do it last year? No, we didn't. <laughs> but this year we will. Yeah. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to show up uh, well, the senior bowl, and then we will. One last thing. I like Brian Asimo a lot over the summer. Um, I don't think watching games live, he was as impactful as yeah. I hoped he would be this year. But he's a like a less to a Terrell Bernard type to a lesser degree in terms of undersized, but plays so physical and, and hair on fire type dude who gets downhill in a hurry. But he's going to make or break himself in terms of what he can do in one-on-one coverage at the senior bowl. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally, totally fair. Okay. Do we have to move on to the NFL rookie talk? <sighs> we really got to abbreviate these quarterbacks. I think they do not deserve us speaking upon them, except for Davis Mills. Except for Davis Mills. Uh, okay. Starting with uh, the week 14 rookie QB rundown. I had Trevor Lawrence this week. Um, it didn't get better, AJ. <laughs> Would you believe that? The week <laughs> absolutely everything was going wrong. The, we had the report about um, Urban Meyer. And then just today we find out he's kicking Josh Lambeau <laughs> in a what preseason game. Hey, he's, he's that goddamn head coach, Rob. He can kick whoever the fuck he wants, all right? What a lunatic. I, get, get him I out of there. Like, fucking tonight, please. I, lo- I love Josh Lambeau. Um, he's you. That's fine. Yeah, I know. I love him. Uh, my 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 brother from another mother. Uh, so Lawrence threw for two twenty one and four picks in a loss to the Titans. They lost twenty nothing. The Titans' offense didn't play very well, and it was like less of the Jaguars' defense rising to the occasion, and it was just a horrible game for everyone. Is kind of my mm-hmm. take. Um, overall, the the Jaguars' offense has made zero adjustments through the season. It's still predicated on a lot of quick throw slants, curls, swing routes, screens, like things that yeah, Trevor Lawrence can do that, but it's just you're you're refusing to highlight the things he does so much better than these other rookie quarterbacks, the things that made him the first overall pick, and they continue to ignore those things. Um, it was so much out of the gun, and with that kind of out of the gun, the half-assed play yeah. action, where like you can call it, I think you you're like you could call it play action, but it's not. The same effectiveness is going under center, play action, seam throws, deep shots, those types of things. It's just like a 
going through the motion type play action that doesn't really do anything. Um, the Titans blitzed the hell out of him. The offensive line just had no idea how to handle it. And he did do, at times, a really good job of navigating muddy pockets and, and, and kind of create a chance for himself. A lot of the time, it, it didn't end in a big play. There was one where he broke a tackle, and he would... It might have been two tackles. He was scrambling up in the pocket, and he uncorked one. And he just overshot, I think it was Marvin Jones. And if he had placed the ball a little better, it would have been a touchdown. It would have been maybe the best play he has made in weeks. Uh, but at the end of the day, they were still caught on holding on the play, so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but there was multiple times where he's breaking tackles and extending plays. Uh, just, like, he had no chance because of the offensive line. And the receivers and tight ends just don't get open. There was drops again. Uh they, at one point, they ran a, a handoff reverse flea flicker that he threw to, um, was it Treadwell, maybe? The goat. And he oh, dropped no. it. God damn yeah. It. Yeah. But, so, here are a couple of his best throws. A 15-yard out to Marvin Jones to convert a third and three where he actually had some time. And it wasn't, like, even that fantastic. I just mentioned that to <laughs> tell you how bad a lot of the other things were. Uh, there was a third and six slot fade. That he, he he laid it out for Tavon Austin, who just didn't seem to know how to track it. It was hard to say Lawrence overthrew it, which is like Tavon Austin seemingly, seemingly not knowing where the ball was. Um, he hit Tre- Treadwell on a fly that he actually he put it behind Treadwell because the corner had such good positioning over top. And I don't know if he did this on purpose, but I, I like to think he did. And, and he, he put it where only Treadwell could make the adjustment, and that was a 45-yard-ish gain. So those were his three best throws uh an easy 15 yard out a play where Tavon Austin couldn't find the ball and then maybe an underthrown deep ball to Treadwell but or maybe a great throw I don't know um but the four interceptions the first one was off Chenault's hands on a drag route that was brutal not his fault uh the second was a free blitzer coming and Jayon Brown like faked like he was blitzing and dropped off um and just, I guess, Lawrence didn't see him, and Brown made a really great one-handed pick. Uh, then the next one was he avoided the rush in the uh, backside, rolled left, and he ripped a deep ball that was just underthrown right to the corner, uh, which was a really dumb decision. He ripped a seam throw to Treadwell, and he just didn't see the DB underneath, and that was the fourth interception. And going back to that third interception where he kind of ripped that deep ball when he made this great, fantastic extended play out of structure before he actually threw the ball. Uh, it just felt like he was trying too hard in the fourth quarter to make plays like that, and it led to a lot of stinky throws and decisions. Like, there was multiple times, I mentioned how he was breaking tackles, where he would do that, and he'd be he'd be running and rolling and looking for something, and he would just, his accuracy was off, or it was just, like, he'd be forcing it into tight coverage. It was just a lot of that, and it was, it was just a really uninspiring game play calling wise and for what he's got around him. But he also like, it's hard to fuck. It puts you in such a tough, tough spot. Cause he isn't playing no. well, but everyone else around him is playing terrible too. So it's hard. It's hard to really know if he's actually not good. Cause there are flashes of good and you can see the arm talent, and the mobility. And the other thing is they, what was it? Two weeks ago where they ran a bunch of, zone reads for him to pick up first downs they didn't run him once like he had one carry but that was on his own accord and like they just took that part of the game out i don't know why and it wasn't like it was a it was a 20 nothing win for the titans but it was like a ugly fist fight into the fourth quarter like they could have been in this game if they could do absolutely anything on offense 
I'm so uh, sick of Urban Meyer, Rob. Well, like, the thing is, too, like, it's not fun doing Trevor Lawrence games. Like, when I, I got this and you got the Zach Wilson game, I wanted the Zach Wilson game because at least the Zach Wilson game is kind of funny. Zach Wilson does funny things. The Trevor Lawrence games just make me sad, and it's so ridiculous that Urban Meyer still has a job, given everything yeah. we've heard. And, like, excluding what he's done as a horrible head coach and slash maybe GM, like, well, what he's done off the field seems enough to fire him, but here we are. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, to make you feel better, though, Rob, uh, this was not an enjoyable performance from Zach Wilson. Uh, no turnovers. No turnovers. No fun. Um, I do think, like, I think we both are cheering. I don't, I don't want to say this, but I think we're both cheering against Zach Wilson. We are, aren't we? Like, just, just admit that. Regardless. Uh, uh, no, not, I'm not. Uh, honestly, I'll take anything fun. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, not at this point. I mean, like, as a whole. At this point, I just want to see something. And, uh, no, there wasn't much here. He was 19 to 42. Sick. Uh, 202 yards a lot in garbage time. Uh, zero touchdowns, zero picks. One good thing, I guess, he, he kept the ball a couple times. Got 33 yards on the ground. I'd like to see him do more of that. Um, I wrote a whole long, like, I did every throw and whatnot. I do not want to go through this. Yeah, he does not don't. deserve it. Um, I didn't highlight the best throws. There weren't a lot of good throws in this game. Uh, I will say this. The Jets are um, – it's both ways, okay? So he was missing Elijah Moore and uh, Michael Carter. Without those two guys in the in the game – so this is good for the Jets and bad for the Jets. Without those two guys in the game, they look uh, absolutely hapless on offense. And that's good in the fact that you found two really good rookies. Uh, I think we could say that, but Carter and Moore. Uh, it's not good that your rookie quarterback, when he's playing in a game, uh, this offense looks completely different even when everyone else is healthy. Um, like we're getting close to writing off Zach Wilson, but regardless, um, early in this game, it was a lot of like checkdowns to Ty Johnson, and he dropped like I don't know three or four balls. The thing was like they were also like behind him and low. There was a lot of like third down passes for Zach Wilson where he was just like either he was missing guys completely, like his accuracy was terrible in this game, Rob. He was either missing guys completely, uh, throwing to absolutely no one. Um, it may, like in play too, just no one there, or like behind guys and like it's a drop, but like a good throw is is completed. You know what I mean? Like those type of plays. So it's it, it's on him. It's on the receiver too. Uh, not a lot of creativity. He he like in, in the play calling. He showed some creativity. There was a couple plays where like later in the game, like he kind of moved around a bit. Like you know, like when Zach Wilson's fun, he is fun, but. Not a lot. Like, he had a couple where he ran around, kind of floated one over a linebacker. He thought he, was, he sold the run and kind of, like, just dropped it into Ty Johnson. It was a lot of Ty Johnson. Um, <laughs> there's like like I said, he kept the ball pretty pretty nice. Um, but then there's, like, just, like, ugly overthrows. And he had one where Barrios was in the backfield. He just went, like, on a flat route and, like, legit just threw it into the ground three yards from him. I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, I don't know. He maybe threw two deep balls in the whole game. Uh, neither even even close to the receiver. He had one like seam on uh, uh, in the red zone that he completely underthrew. He got bailed out on a penalty. He got bailed out on penalties, luckily, uh, a few times. And like like Trevor Lawrence, this game was close. The, the The Saints did not roll this Jets team over. It was a very very um <laughs> very unwatchable football game. It was not good. Alvin Kamara was the only good thing about this game. Um. I don't know. Like, even his big completions. Like, he had one where, like, he's looking left. He bought some time. 
he went back right to to find a uh, Garrett Griffin for like a twenty two yards, but it was really him catching and running it. Um, like his nicer throws, like he he had a nice throw like right before that, where he like he rolled to to uh left to his left, like he found Crowder on the on the like on the sideline and like just a nice ball placement throw. But it was like three yards, three yards, and that was actually the one where he underthrew the the guy for the touchdown in the end zone. Um, I don't know. I think the best throw he had all day was uh I think it was a fourth down. Um, the receiver ran a seam and like the, there was a defender over top and a defender behind and Wilson like put it behind the receiver, like snuck it in. It was a really nice throw. Like it was, it was Barrios on a seam and he throws like low and behind the DP DB on fourth and seven. It was pretty sick, but like, other than that, really not a lot. And his accuracy is becoming a major problem. I, he's not feeling stuff well, like he's. Like one sack, there was like the pressure was just kind of immediately, and he kind of rolled right into it. Um, like you see the athletic ability, but the arm talent is not even showing up. Like it's, I don't know. Like <laughs> there's also a wide receiver named DJ Montgomery that got a bunch of targets at the end of the game. It was really weird. I never heard of him before. Didn't enjoy watching that. And then the end of the game, like so they got the ball back with a minute left after Taysom Hill like just killed them with like a long run that they seemed like they didn't want to tackle him. That was a dump to Montgomery for a first down. Dump to Montgomery for a first down. Dump to Johnson for a first. Dump to Johnson for a first. And that was a lot of yardage. He gets to the goal line. They got the snap off with one second left. He tries to run. He's kind of like, you know, hesitating, looking for an outlet. Finally pulls it down, keeps it, and gets tackled on the one-yard line. And that kind of, like, just summarized the whole game where, like, he was just try as he might. Nothing is going right for him. And uh, the accuracy concerns and just the lack of rhythm and – the lack of feel for the game right now are major, major concerns. And this, this offense is a disaster. I mean, are we taking it easier on Trevor Lawrence? Because in theory, the coaching staff is worse in Jacksonville. We have more faith in the Jets coaching staff. We have more faith in the playmakers around him in theory. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Carter and Elijah Moore yeah. aren't there, obviously. But, like... Should we be viewing Trevor Lawrence in the same light as Zach Wilson, where I'm like 99% sure Zach Wilson's a bust? I. Or is it more like you said earlier, maybe, maybe some biases seeping in, in in which we were lower on Zach Wilson than we were? So on I think there's Lawrence. probably some bias built in, but it's hard to ignore the absolute shit show going on in Jacksonville. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Also, Lawrence's good plays have been way better. Lawrence's good games have been way better. When you watch Zach Wilson, there's really nothing there. Um, and yeah, Lawrence threw four picks this week and Wilson actually didn't turn the ball over, but I don't know. Maybe there's some bias because of course you're going to have more bias because he was the number one player in the draft. He obviously went first. He was a generational quarterback, uh, prospect. So there's obviously going to be a lot more bias and a lot more leeway for a player like that. And I think when you, you tie in the situations, you tie in our personal biases. Yeah, there's probably some of that, but I think the results... Like, not good on either side. But I think when we sit down and watch the games, there's more there from Lawrence. But, yeah, I can understand you saying maybe we are taking it a bit easy on Lawrence. I I think that's fair. Like, I don't know. It's, it, it is really hard to separate, like you said, the, the shit show that's going on in Jacksonville and knowing how much talent Trevor Lawrence has, like, in, especially in the fact that the vast majority of people viewed Trevor Lawrence as a can't-miss Andrew Luck-type quarterback yeah. prospect versus Zach Wilson, I think, was a lot more polarizing. And I, I think a lot more people in our draft realm 
were lower on Zach Wilson than the NFL seemingly was. Yeah, the greatest pro day of all time, Rob. Don't forget. Um, You're not wrong. It also doesn't help Zach Wilson's case that we have seen other quarterbacks named Mike White and Josh Johnson and Joe Flacco go in there and be better than him. Be better than him, flat out, by by leaps and bounds this season. So, so at no point have we seen the Jaguars' offense and anyone around him do anything impressive. You know what I mean? Like, like Wilson, I know not this week, but Michael Carter has been a really good rookie running back. Elijah Moore, slow starting because of Wilson's, probably because of Wilson, came on and has looked great. You know what I mean? So, like, it feels like there's more around Zach Wilson as well. I don't know. Or stabi- yeah. stability-wise, no, at least. I'm like, uh, yeah. I yeah. agree. Um, Trey Lance didn't, didn't play again for the 49ers. Uh, they won in overtime against the Bengals. Almost, almost let the Bengals back into yeah. that one. Uh, Justin Fields, he played, he played on Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers, threw for 224, two touchdowns, two picks, uh, ran for 74 yards. It was kind of the Jakeem Grant yeah, show, but, um, just, Justin Fields had some positive flashes. I, uh, just quickly. I thought he used his legs yes. well. Uh, when the pocket collapsed, he he knew when when to remain a passer and when to just make something special happen. He did that a couple times. Converted a couple, uh, picked up a couple first downs doing that. Um, but he was also late on a few throws, and that I thought several times kind of put the ball into unnecessary conflict. Um, kind of where he'd rely on his arm talent t- a little too much, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, a couple nice things he did. Uh, in the first quarter, there was an under-pressure, nice deep sideline throw to Mooney for about 15 yards that I thought with the pass rusher down his throat was really great. He also had a near completion for like 50 yards to Mooney down the field on the sideline. It was just out of bounds. But then on that field goal drive, he, he had Komet over the middle, and I, again, he was like a half second late, and the ball placement wasn't ideal. And I think if it was a little better, it could have been a touchdown. Instead, it was an incomplete pass. Um, in the second quarter, he threw that out route late to Mooney. And Rasul Douglas the had the easy pick baby. six. Yeah, that was tough. Rasul Douglas playing amazing football right now. Um, but later in that quarter, Texas wrote to Demir Bird. I know it wasn't like a wild throw or anything, but Demir Bird out of the backfield housed it. Um, I mean, it was, it was the right decision and good throw. Uh, and then uh, later in the second quarter, third and four, he had a huge scramble that put them into field goal range. So there was some good, there was some bad there in the first half. And then the second half, he was strip-sacked. Uh, that was Tevin mm-hmm. Jenkins, another rookie, at left tackle, giving up the strip-sack to Preston Smith. But And then there was a third and six, and he broke two tackles. And he slightly underthrew Jimmy Graham on the third down. That would have been a first. That was tough. Because it was, it was a really great play, and just a little more mustard on that ball, and it's the first down. And he had a near-insane sideline throw to Grant, but that was yeah. out of bounds. It was th- there was a lot of near big plays on top of the what he was doing with his legs. In the fourth quarter, he, he broke a tackle and ran for a first. Then he had a huge third and ten conversion on a scramble. Um, and then there was one play where he was getting sacked and he underthrew it to David Monk, like underhand yeah. threw it to David Montgomery. I thought that was pretty was exciting. Pretty cool. uh, and then he unleashed one rolling right, uh, unleashed a sweet sideline throw to Bird for a first down. Uh, ultimately ended on that fourth and 13 where he's just trying to make a play and he threw it a little high and behind Mooney and Shannon Sullivan picked it off. Like, I think there was good and there, there was bad, but like, uh, overall, I, I, I look at this as a very positive game for Justin Fields. And I thought the the play calling was a little better too, or at least more exciting with what they were doing, like getting Jakeem Grant the ball, yeah. 
and uh, like putting Bird in the backfield on that Texas route. I'd still like them to do like incorporate a little more play action, um, like under center play action, get him moving, getting some deep shots, move that pocket because the offensive line's not great. Uh, but I, I did like what I said. Yeah, I felt like Justin Fields was more fun than he was good, but like a, a very promising game. And I felt like if like if the Bears could pass protect like at all, they had like a really good shot at winning this game. I felt like Fields was just under duress uh, a ton, a ton. And uh, more on that later <laughs> from me at least, probably from you too. Um, but yeah, that pick six was really bad. But no, he was a lot of fun. And yeah, I think in the context of all these rookie quarterbacks, that was a very promising. Uh, game and like like you said, I think the play calling was better too. I did not expect the Bears to go out and be that much fun. I thought it was gonna be another boring Bears Packers Sunday Night Football game. Yeah, no, it, it ended up being. I mean, obviously the Packers kind of ran away with it in the end, but the first half was yeah, electric. It was great. It was a very good game. Um, yeah, I love seeing Jakeem Grant shine too. By the way, makes my heart happy. Yeah, no, it, they they have like a weird. <laughs> group of playmakers on that team and it, it sucks because like there's just doesn't seem to be chemistry with Allen Robinson no I think I think it's finally time for A-Rob to uh get out of town leave Man. town yeah uh anything else or no no I think I think it was fun but I like like you said like I think you highlighted a lot of the misses but it's like I feel like that's what a rookie quarterback is supposed to be like like you're you know on a bad team you know what I mean like like they're fun as hell they make their mistakes but you come away thinking like that there's a future with this guy and you don't yeah. feel that with Zach Wilson at all. And, uh, you don't really feel with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence either. So no, uh, Mac Jones was on a buy, but you feel it with Davis Mills. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? I'm glad that they went to Mills. Uh, well, I mean, not as a Seahawks fan. They almost, they almost won the game. No, not really, but, uh, they just let him sling it, man. It was a lot of like, not big time throws. I can give you a whole breakdown here again. But the play clone was pretty good. Like, okay, he was 33 of 49. There's 49 attempts for Mills in this game. 331, so that's impressive. Uh, and a touchdown, no picks. Um, I don't want to get deep, deep into this. Uh, the result, you know what? They just kept running bubble screens to Brandon Cooks. Literally, I think it was the first play of the game, or his first throw at least. Uh, and, like, every time they did it, he was like getting at least 10 yards. I think they could have done it every single snap and won the game. Um there's a lot of like, good play action from 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 Mills, like the the touchdown where his play action stepped out. He rolled out. He's good moving. Like he's a, he's a good maneuvering in the pocket. Just kind of waited. Uh, Jordan was open on the crossing route the whole time, but he knew if he just waited till he got to the corner, bought himself some time. Uh, he was never covered and got him there for the touchdown on the first drive of the game. Uh, second drive like you know quick out to, to jordan for the first like like throws that mills is making like would be like highlight throws like in terms of wilson and lawrence and like they're like no big deal because like in the context of the actual nfl quarterback they're not big deals but he's looking good um there's a really cool throw where you like play action rolled right uh short uh sorry that was a little deeper this one was a sorry i mixed i mixed throws up it's like nico collins had a good game they're just like a short like put it on collins a uh, really good strong hand catch for the first down. Um, then they kind of quick tossed it out to Reverend Jordan. He got tackled short of the sticks on the second drive. Uh, third drive, uh, kind of waited. Second read, found Cooks open over the middle to get to like third and one off a of second and long. And then they went back to Cooks on a bubble screen and gets eight. <laughs> like, it's just a lot of that. Like, 
And then and then the mm-hmm. next set of downs, there's a third and eight. This this was an awesome throw, got called back, but Mills just got lit up. He floated it up beautifully, like just just getting blown up like twenty yards down the field on the sideline, found Cooks on a back shoulder. Uh Cooks got called for the PI though, but it was an awesome throw. Um and then they uh third and long, he hit Colin short of the sticks, except just the field goal. So like it wasn't a terrible decision. Uh, they hit the field goal, but then Seattle gets called for roughing the snapper. So the drive kept going. Um, got, got a lot of PA rollouts, and he was he always looked good on it. Uh, Through a quick slant, Cooks got down. They initially ruled it a touchdown. Uh, he was he was an inch short, and they ended up like getting a penalty on the next play. And then he like kind of had to just throw a couple ball like threw the next ball out of the end zone, and then like a fade to Collins uh, looked like pass interference, but no call. So they ended up settling for the field goal even though it probably should have been a touchdown. So he, he started 14 of 16 for 150 yards, a touchdown, and nearly two touchdowns. Like, really, he threw two touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. And that, that really is all the, the you know, the big-time performance. But, like, from there, like, there was more impressive throws. Like, he had a couple that were just, like, really important, impressive. And, like, just, like, also just getting the ball out of his hands. Like, when when Wilson and Lawrence are dumping the ball off, it feels, like, so pointless. Like, he had one where 30 and 20, he completed it to Burkhead. It gave them a shot at a long field goal. 61 yards, it set Fairbairn up right before the half, and he hit it. So, like, that, those type of completions, just getting the ball out and, like, actually getting yards and putting yourself in. Like, it's not just throwing the ball to get rid of it. It's 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 a little more than that. Um, second half, though, there was a lot of, like, just dumping the ball to Royce Freeman, which which sucked. Um, they kept bubble screens, kept working. Um, he threw this really nice floater, kind of like, like kind of in the turkey hole. Um, between the corner and the safety to Nico Collins. It was a really well-thrown ball. Collins dropped it, though, but it was neat. Um, the sacks kind of started um, stacking up a little bit. Terrell Taylor kind of turned it on. It was kind of a menace in the second half. Al Woods had a great game, too. Um, uh, so it was a couple... Former Steeler. <laughs> he was. He's, he really had a really good game. Um, had, like, had, like, had, like, some really impressive throw, throws. Um but he looks good on the move. He keeps looking good on the move, and like I'm glad to see him like kind of back in control because uh, he's he looks he's more fun than Tyrod. Anyways, I think the best throw of the of the day uh, there was like I think Collins was like kind of like triple covered uh, on a first throw to the first down, like just past the sticks, and like he put it over top two defenders. Collins gets up high, high points, high points, strong hands again. Collins had a nice game. I didn't put him anywhere else because I. I knew I keep mentioning him here. Uh, really, really good game for Collins. A couple drops, but the the big plays were really impressive. He grabs it. Great play. Uh, Brevin Jordan was good too. So it's fun, really, really fun to see Mills slinging it around a bit. Um, Collins making plays and Brevin Jordan making plays, and like this Texans team is suddenly a lot more entertaining. Like obviously they were entertaining as hell week one, and then it kind of went away. And Mills was fun, but seeing them get the rookies involved on offense, which you know they've had a lot of guys kind of playing in and out at points, but, like, getting them involved in offense has been a lot of fun. Um, and, like, they were in the game for the most part, and then Seattle kind of ran away in the second. But it wasn't Mills. Like, no mistakes. Um, not really any any major plays. The sacks were a little bit concerning. But the big-time throws were more impressive than, like, the other quarterbacks this week. And that's why in a shit week for, for office rookies, for me personally in my games, I gave the nod to Davis Mills. Honestly, like, it seems like he's going to be their starter next year, right? Given given how this quarterback class is shaping up, given how their roster is so bad that they sh- they really don't and they, and they don't have a they don't have their pick, right? 
No, do they? I don't think. I think. No, they do. Check no, they do. Right they now, do. They do. do. Do they? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, so that they're they're on pace to have the third overall pick. There's not a quarterback worth that pick. You'd rather, no, exactly. if you're them, draft the best trench player probably yep. available. Um, like, why why not give Davis Mills another chance rather than overdraft a guy or take a different day two quarterback? Yeah, I don't think there's any point to it. And I think I think Cully's still going to be the coach. And it's been like – like, obviously, I think it, it sucks. You know Cully's not your long-term coach, which is such a weird spot for a first-year coach to be in. Yeah. Uh, Better than Urban Meyer, though. He is better than Urban Meyer. Jacksonville should They should. I mean, one thing that Cully's done well, I guess, is, like, he keeps, like, like obviously there's players, like, it's like Cunningham, you know, and, like, Jordan Reed, who I love, but um, Justin, Justin Reed, thank Reed. you, sorry. Um, like, there's been guys just not wanting to play for this team, and I completely agree with them. But, you know, he's, like, disciplining them, which is not a bad coach to have, like, a guy that's not afraid to do that shit uh, when you're in a complete, absolute destruction rebuild you know what i mean and why not keep yeah. rolling with davis mills like you said there's no one worth that third overall pick or second overall pick wherever they end up and there's no one really worth drafting on day two either you know what i mean like i think you roll with davis mills see what see what he can do okay that's enough mills talk he was your rookie of the week i'll give you two wide receivers nice. for rookie of the week yeah. rashad bateman who had seven for 103 against the browns i'm going to highlight four catches uh, four of those seven catches. Um, two of them were just kind of technically sound first downs in that one was he, he it was like a, a quick stop route, and he, he caught it, and he could feel uh, Greedy Williams coming outside hip, so he turned inside, went, Greedy went right by him, picked up a first down, picked up a little bit of extra yardage, and then he had another first down catch in which, um, by the way, he was doing this all to Greedy, <laughs> Uh, in which it, it was just a quick curl and just past the sticks, and it was a great route. Even, even though Huntley kind of underthrew it and threw it late, he came back to the ball, got it, and picked up the first down. And then the, really the two the two plays that made him my rookie of the week were those classic 50-50 balls we saw from him, uh, the 50-50 ball catches we saw him make all the time at Minnesota. Uh, the first was just a, a straight fly down the sideline. Greedy was all over him. And it almost looks like he pushes off, but I must have watched this play a thousand times because his arms never extend. I think he just had really good positioning and like greedy kind of lost lost balance trying to find the ball and, and Bateman kind of got his hands in front of him, made the catch, and I thought he scored a touchdown. They called him just short. He hasn't scored his first touchdown. Oh, yeah. So the, the, he got to the one, but whatever. Uh, and then later, almost, almost the same exact like – throw or play it was fourth and six tyler huntley lays one out deep to him greedy's all over him and he he it was actually a really great throw from huntley kind of layered it perfectly and bateman stretches out makes a great play on the sideline for the catch um tyler huntley was giving him more chances on these these kind of 50 50 balls than lamar's been giving mm. him this year whereas lamar's used him more of that chain yeah. mover which again we saw a couple of those but it, it was nice to see Huntley just kind of let his man go make a play. Um, but, yeah, th this was very much like this is the game I would show people if they're unsure of Rashad Bateman's future. He looks like a legit stud. Um, I I mean, I, th I think it was perfectly encapsulated by the 
two first down, uh, like technically sound first down plays, and then the the two uh, 50-50 balls. Then I also I kind of split it with Jamar Chase, who he did have I think two drops, but he was also a big reason the Bengals came yeah. back in this game. They could have rolled over and died. Uh, he also had what was so close to an insane touchdown grab, yeah. where. It, it, he he had Ambry, he beat Ambry Thomas more on that later, uh, and really just hit an extra gear in in I at first glance it looked like a touchdown, but upon further review it wasn't. Um, but it was just like Burrow gave him a, had a one on one for him and and laid it out and wanted him to go make a play. But the two touchdowns, one was Burrow like classic LSU Burrow, under pressure extending the play, just like looks like this isn't gonna go well. Jamar Chase um, turned, like, his, like, post route, or his corner route, and and just was, like, kept eyes on Burrow and extended the play uh, and cut back, and Burrow just kind of tossed one up to him and trusted his guy to go make a play, and he, he like, got Hafangal turned around and, and went and did it. And then the other one was kind of this stutter-ish, um, like, almost deep sluggo. Like, it was like a 10-yard, almost like fake slant. He stems inside, then just hits an extra gear outside. And Burrow throws it up, and he beats Ambry Thomas for a touchdown. It was just, again, two explosive... Like, two... One explosive play in which his route running was fantastic, and the other in which he just showed off the chemistry he and Joe Burrow have together. He also had that sick, like, double deflection catch, too. Yeah, yeah, that was... I think it was his first catch of the game. That was after a drop. He came, kind of came back and made that play, and it was, it was pretty great, yeah. They threw it, uh, I think it was the Tyler Boyd and uh, Aziz Alshair just flipped, like, deflected yeah. it, and he went and got it. Um, yeah, who's your defensive Yeah, it must be nice. Team? So, yeah, I, I didn't really have anyone big time on offense, but on defense, I also didn't have anyone big time. <laughs> Good, because guess what? I have, t- I have yeah, two you got Parsons. I, I, I know, I know. I'm scraping the ball on the barrel this week. I, I picked our games poorly. Uh, but, alas, I wanted to give – credit to someone that maybe we haven't talked about enough about this year and um in a game where the rest of his defense was just getting absolutely torched by the kansas city chiefs uh nate hobbs had a really another really nice solid game not a flashy game like i said i had a bad a bad week but the rest of the you know they gave up 48 points i think he gave up like one catch for five yards amongst all that and i think like like mahomes didn't like absolutely you know put up a, a scorching you know passing number but like he only had like four incompletions and it was really easy for 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 that whole chiefs offense all day um so hobbs didn't have any plays in the ball but like like i said like in a week week of rookies for me i thought he deserved it like like just as everything else especially in the passing game especially against that chiefs offense when everything else is crumbling around you um for him to just kind of be locked down has been really impressive and i think i kind of just give it to him because like we haven't given him enough due this year. At least I haven't. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I have either. I've mentioned it a couple yeah. times, but not like the way he is playing is very yeah, impressive. Is. Given uh, he was a day yeah. three, pick. he's my best day three rookie uh, too. If you on a team that spent multiple first round picks on, he... on DBs, and he is yeah. the best one. Yeah, that's kind of fucked. But anyways, uh, okay. So Michael Parsons, another two sacks this week. The first, um, they they lined him up off ball, and he got a one-on-one with Brandon Sheriff, where Taylor Heineke didn't navigate the pocket all that well, but Parsons got 
because Heineke took such a deep drop, Parsons was able to just get underneath Sheriff, almost like he was a tackle, and he was he just bend right by him. Strip sack, Randy Gregory, uh, or no, Dor Doris Armstrong touchdown. Um, and then the other the other one was uh, they lined him up uh, off ball again and just blitzed him uh, a gap, and there was like. The, he was like kind of bouncing around, moving around pre-snap, and I think the offensive line got confused. So he got a one-on-one -on -one with Antonio Gibson, who just stood no chance blocking him, and he swallowed Taylor Heineke. He is such an electric pass rusher, and the ability to play him off-ball or on the edge, and that he can play off-ball, and you know he's not necessarily blitzing yeah. every time because he can actually hang in coverage and play linebacker, and that makes him such a more lethal threat as an off-ball blitzer because you don't actually know if he's coming. And when he does, I mean, Dan Quinn's done such a great job deploying yeah. him. Uh, and then I also put Patrick Sertan, who it wasn't like a, a big, big flashy game against the Lions, but they just like couldn't – anytime they threw at him, the, 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 there was just like nothing, nothing – I don't think he allowed a catch. Um, and they did a lot of their, their, their passing game, like ran through their tight ends and slot receiver, and Sertan just locked it down on the outside and – He's all over Josh Reynolds. Oh, that's a tough assignment too. Yeah. Uh, worst rookie. Uh, I'm going back to the Raiders and uh, guess who maybe had his worst game of the year, which is saying something. Uh, our buddy, our pal, old friend Alex Leatherwood was uh, terrible. Was terrible, Rob. Um, <laughs> I think he gave up season high nine pressures in this game, a couple sacks, and it was mainly Chris Jones. Chris Jones just dominated him, man. Like. Like honestly, the whole Raiders offensive line was pretty pretty ruined. The whole Raiders team was pretty ruined this week. Uh, but Leatherwood stood out as the worst. I mean, anytime you're giving up nine pressures, especially on the interior, that's disgusting. Um, yeah, he was just completely unmatched. Leatherwood, Leatherwood didn't stand a chance against Chris Jones. It's just like his feet were just constantly stopping, uh, and and then he just like didn't have the upper body power to even sniff Jones like. Like, it was kind of ridiculous. But it wasn't even just Chris Jones either. Like, like Warden got him on the sack where he just walked him back into car too. And it was like, frankly, it was it was embarrassing. And just more and more reason why um, this was a terrible draft pick. And I mean, he really isn't, you know, he didn't play guard at Bama. And he's doing it now. But he doesn't look good at either spot. He doesn't look good at either spot. So, yeah, classic, uh, classic Raiders. I'll stick on the offensive line with a, another consistently underwhelming rookie offensive lineman, Kendrick Green against the Vikings. He just I don't think he can play center. That sucks. Like his snaps yeah. are off, his his hand like he his, his timing snap to hand placement's bad. Yeah. Like they can't they get no interior push. I think ultimately, like given the hype around him and the lack of hype around Dan Moore entering the season, like he is on composite had a worse season than Dan Moore. Yeah, no, that's fair because he's been disappointed. Like, because he there was, yeah, the expectations were so much higher with Kendrick Green, whereas Dan Moore wasn't supposed to be the starting <laughs> yeah. left tackle. Um, so I don't know. It's just to to me, I don't I don't know what you do, but I I I kind of want to see what he'd look like at guard because he played both and he he played yeah. played more yeah. guard at Illinois than center. And we kind of just projected, like, because he played both. And, like, you kind of – sometimes you forget how hard it is to transition, especially from guard to center. Yeah. Um, 
you forget. And, and so I wonder, like, would he look better at guard? Should that be something they, they test out before season's end? And then that maybe if he looks good there, you address the center position this offseason. I don't know. But it's just it's not working. Whatever they're doing is not working. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I think they should give him a look there. Me too. Um, the the I, I I just worry that they won't because, in theory, they're in the playoff race and you don't want to mess with yeah. the continuity of your offensive line, even though it sucks. Uh, anyway, primetime star, who you got? Uh, so like I think it's Justin Fields, but I kind of put Najee Harris here just to talk about him because I didn't have him anywhere else. Uh, okay. I didn't. Put yeah. Him so early on the game, remember, remember last week I said if he doesn't have a good game, I'm putting him for my looks like a miss. Um, and early on, I'm like, oh god, he's sealing it right away. Yeah, that like that third and one where like Xavier Woods just gets him. He doesn't break first contact. Like, oh god. Uh, had the other carry. Like I think it was a third and two, where uh, he couldn't get to the edge on Jones. And then like and then I had like one pass rush rep where like Kendrick's blitzed and he couldn't even like. Like, he stepped up to pick him up, and they just didn't see him. And, like, Kendrick just goes right by him for the sack. I'm like, okay, this is a terrible game. But then from, like, there on out, he he was really a big – Yeah, well. he sparked that comeback and that near and historic comeback. Yeah, go ahead. And in, in it wasn't like the nope. offensive line really turned nope. it on or something. He was creating, yeah, totally. And yeah, he was finding his own running hole. He was finding his own holes. He was finding the space. He was making guys miss first tackle. He ended up with like twenty carries for ninety four yards and a touchdown. Then that receiving touchdown too on three grabs. No, it, he really turned it around, and I was so ready to put him in a negative spot. Go ahead. It, it was I thought by far his best game since like week five when he went off against. The yeah, Broncos. yeah, exactly. It was finally what I was hoping to see from Najee Harris, and I think he averaged like that's that's close to five a carry and like. Way better, way way more of what I want to see. He's not really my primetime star. I really just wanted to talk about him, but I I thought that was yeah. that was a really positive performance. Yeah, I uh, obviously because we we already talked about Justin Fields. I just put Ernest mm-hmm. Jones here because that interception. I know it was Aaron Donald dipping yeah. that ball, but that interception. If you believe in momentum, that completely changed that yeah. game. Totally, I, I had him for flash. It felt like yeah. the the Cardinals felt like they were gonna run it up. And then the they're inside the ten, and he, he gets that pick, and it, it just changed everything. And obviously the Rams end up winning that game. Um, but beyond just that, like he is a physical run stuffing yeah. linebacker who's got some the athleticism to hang and make plays. Like I think he is far out playing what I thought he would totally. Be. And I didn't think he would find a role on this team. Uh, and he had yeah maybe like in a pure rundown role like only and like I could have seen but yeah no totally he also had that like the, like the game ceiling tackle basically with a, the that was really yeah. good play seven tackles had that pick um still a little you know wobbly in 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 uh in pass coverage but uh no very promising but it's just yeah and I think it's just uh, he's played so much better than yeah. either of us I think expected. yeah no exactly. I gave him credit last week I mean he's he's been good yeah I know you did yeah um. Underwhelming. I went with Levi on Uzariki, who to the Broncos just ran the ball down the down the line's throat. Like Melvin Gordon looked awesome. Like he looked like he had fresh legs after not playing. Uh, and Javante Williams was again breaking tackles constantly. But the the Broncos offensive line was just bullying that Lions front mm-hmm. seven. And on Uzariki, I I thought like numerous times was just getting blown off the ball. Um, in in that happening and. Not him kind of making up for it by making a, a plays uh, as a pass rusher, and now the Broncos didn't throw the ball that much, 
but uh, like his his rookie running mate, uh, Aleem McNeil, I actually thought it a really nice game. So, but playing less snaps, uh, Onuzuriki played forty percent. McNeil played twenty eight percent. McNeil had a great sack where he he just kind of uh, bullied the the guard back and, and uh, swallowed Teddy, and he he was holding up a lot better in, in run support too. Um, so I I don't know if it, the Broncos like just annihilated them, but. I think it made it look worse for Al Muzariki with McNeil being the flashing yeah. player. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Um, I'm going to give you two offensive players. Uh, first, uh, Chuba Hubbard, who obviously CMC is out. He gets his chance. Uh, only had 10 carries for 33 yards. Had a touchdown. Um, it, but it was a 17-yard touchdown run, but it, like, it was well blocked. Uh, the, the Panthers in offensive line in general is trash. More on that later, but... He was really creating nothing, nothing at all. The touchdown on the 17 yards, that was like over half of his yardage. Um, just It was well blocked and it was poorly defended. And yeah, outside of that carry, yeah, like 2.2 yards per carry. So really just doing nothing. And I kind of want to see him kind of, you know, he had that, that nice stretch when CMC was out earlier. And uh, I want to see him kind of get back to that. And he did not. I'll give you one more. Uh, D. Eskridge, zero catches, two targets. So really not a lot going on. The first one was kind of like just... Um, uh, Russ was kind of like a bootleg, and he was kind of leaking out, and uh, it got batted down. So not not on him. But uh, the second one, he dropped a screen, and it was behind the line of scrimmage, and it was a backward pass. So like he it was a fumble, and he had to hustle to get back on it, and he, he lost like ninety yards. And dropping screens is never a good thing for for a rookie wide receiver. And after he had you know his best game of the year last week, uh, really like to see him get going. So it was both him not looking good, and again they're just not game of the football. But uh, still believe, I still hope. So. Um, okay. looks like a hit and it looks like a miss is two receivers okay. drafted around apart. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown for a bad, bad yep. team has been the safety blanket for Jared Goff a lot. Um, pretty much most weeks he he's been the, especially like Hawkinson didn't play this week and the last two weeks, like he hasn't been making huge, huge plays. But in the last two games, he has 18 catches. Now, he's, he's averaging under 10 yards a catch, but he's just been operating yeah. so well in the slot. And he he's a guy Goff clearly trusts to move the chain. And, uh, like, he has 57 catches on the year. And, like, against the Broncos, he's really the only Lions player. They had this running back I'd never heard of in my life playing, um, who was the second best yeah. player. Um, Craig, yeah, Craig Reynolds um, from Coostown. Yeah. And, but St. Brown had 12 targets, eight catches, 73 yards. And, and every, the offense was like running through him, just picking up like seven yards. Of I pop. love it. I mean, like I was waiting for this to happen early in the year and it took a little time, which of course makes sense. But then we both expected this to be what happened at some point. He's the best wide receiver. And we knew that the second they drafted him. Um, and then my miss is Diami Brown because mm-hmm. when they when Washington took him in the third round, you expected him to find some role. Yeah. He has no role, yeah. and it's not like anyone's doing anything. Like Terry McLaurin is get getting very little help from the rest of those receivers, and Taylor Heineke's just not that good. I'm gonna say it. Uh, but like Diami Brown, just like he played thirty four percent of the snaps, had one target and. Just really, like, you forget. I, I forgot he was yeah. on the team. Uh, and then I remember when I saw him um, down a punt. Um, okay, well, it sounds like he's a It's hit. just like, yeah, like, he, he was a receiver who I thought was going to be 
so they just add this explosive spark to an offense and it didn't work out given that like Fitz yeah. got hurt and like Washington as a whole but I don't know he's just being a net nothing player as a third round pick he's like 87 yards on the year yeah it's at the point where like I always consider putting him somewhere but then like it's not anymore I think I've had him earlier in the season and now it's just like he doesn't matter anymore which is terrible no I totally agree uh, you know who does look like a hit though? Fellow wide receiver called him out last week. He's got to make a play, step up. Josh Palmer did step up. Five catches, sixty-six yards, a touchdown. Love to see it. A touchdown came in the red zone. Just a nicely run route, really crisp. Uh, sold the in, ran the out. Corner didn't have his chance. Uh, nice ball from Herbie. Uh, caught the ball, finished it off. Easy work there. Um, actually, like right before that too, he had a really nice block on an excellent run. Kind of just like doing doing. Doing the easy work. Looks good running routes. Isn't becoming that, like, deep threat that we thought he would be. Like, I didn't, I didn't kind of was still. Yeah, that awesome deep touchdown. But uh, in a game that, obviously, they, they needed him. They needed him bad. He stepped up and made plays. And it was really, really positive to see, especially after, like, that real slow start to his season. Um, jumping to it looks like a miss. Uh, fellow person who wore orange in college. <laughs> um, I thought like, I almost put him for worst, worst rookie, but I put him here. Uh, in his first playing time, maybe maybe unfair, but in his first playing time, Tevin Jenkins was uh, terrible. It was really bad, especially in pass pro. Uh, Peters got hurt. He had to step in. Um, he had that strip sack that you mentioned earlier on fields. He also yeah. held on that play. Didn't 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 help. Uh, had another holding. Um, like I said, solid some solid blocking in the run, but the pass protection was just kind of terrible. And also had that false yeah. start late in the fourth, and then that. Even later in the force, the Preston Smith beat him again for the sack. So three pressures, two sacks, really struggling. Um, kind of tough for a game that, you know, he's he's been injured all year. Um, I think he got his feet wet with some special team snaps last week. But, you know, going into the game, he didn't expect to play and prolonged, and Peters got hurt nearly immediately. So kind of a tough spot, but um, not a positive start. Again, not calling him a miss, but just not a positive start to his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but a positive thing that's happening this Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley too. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars using promo code SportsDrink. Head to my bookie today. Place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley too. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. My bookie. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports fans that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when your deposits... And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And of course, our longtime sponsor, Spotify Green Room, is still here. It's a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Free to download and to use. Talk to Florida State fans, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app, free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. 
Be notified when the people you follow go live and come with your spiciest takes. KJ, I'm starting to lose my voice. I'm going to run through uh, this back half fast. I'm going to play this back half like I'm playing the back nine and I'm, I'm 12 deep and I'm not actually going to play. I'm just going to drive on my golf cart until my friends finish. Um, I got three for needs to go step it up. It. James Hudson started at right tackle against the Ravens. He really, I thought, mm. struggled. Uh, just body positioning in the run game got him out of place a couple times, and then pass protection he just looked really raw. He uh he he was getting beat, not like frequently, but it wasn't great. Um, he wasn't like horrible. Like I didn't put him in the not ready to play category for a reason. Uh, Jamin Davis once again just missed tackles. And he, his snap count went way down against the Cowboys too. Last week he played ninety percent. This week forty six. Um, but yeah, the missed tackles keep showing up. Uh, and Caden Stearns, the Broncos were great, but he he had two dumb 15-year mm. penalties against the Lions. And Stearns is a guy who had a really good start to, uh, to the season. Yeah, like, he just needs to clean that stuff up. They're getting so much out of the – like, if you were to rank the rookie classes, yeah. you'd be a hard time – have a hard time finding a, a better one than the Broncos. And that's uh, – Patton's first, George Patton's first draft as the Broncos. Yeah, no, it really promising for the for the Broncos. Um, I'm going to stick in the division, though, and a team that's not having a positive draft. Uh, although we mentioned one guy for positive, one guy for negative, I'm going back to the Raiders. And um, Divine Diablo, kind of, I just want to point out, because this, this is my first look um, for him in extended playing time. And like you said last week, like he's looking pretty solid against the run. I think he had like five solo tackles. Got involved quite a bit, but then he was really bad in coverage again. Like, which is strange, right? Yeah, like, I, I was telling you that against Washington was going after him with their tail. Yeah, like he <laughs> got converted safety at linebacker. You do not want to see them struggling in uh, in coverage. And yeah, he gave up. He had five targets, gave up five catches. Three of those were for first downs. Um, just really weird. But I mean, if you can figure that out, I guess promising to see him play the run well. But yeah, so. Just kind of want to see him put it together, and maybe maybe he can be good. I hope so. I love Diablo, so. Um, not ready to play. One guy taken on day two, one guy undrafted. <laughs> uh, Lions center Ryan McCollum. I mean, it's not his fault he's yeah. playing. Uh, the Lions just play so many rookies, especially undrafted rookies, and he just didn't – he was given Jared Goff headaches, uh, both with snaps and with pass protection issues. Uh, and then Ambry Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, the 49ers corner, who I mentioned Jamar Chase burned a couple times. He also had a, a defensive pass interference penalty that negated a Jimmy Ward interception. Shit. Uh, he, he he played 93% of the snaps. Like, they went with him. So, like, week. not a lot of no- and, uh, Lenoir? No. And, like, I know the previous week they kind of been rotating them. This yeah. week it, it was just, like, Ambry Thomas, you're starting. Interesting. That sucks. I w- it would have been fun to see him play well. Um, my not ready to play is uh, a guy we've kind of dogged a few times, not in recent weeks though. But I'm going back here to Brady Christensen, who um, to give some background, there, there's apparently a thing going on with Christensen where like Matt Rule keeps insisting insisting that he is an interior offensive lineman, and it's solely because of his arm length, which is so uh, draft Twitter. I kind of respect it for Matt Rule, um, and Panthers fans are not happy about this. I dove into this uh, a little bit today and. They want him at left tackle, okay? Uh, regardless, he got his first start at of the season at right guard this week. 
and it was not good. He really does not look comfortable or natural at right guard. A lot of just pure whiffs. There, there's like there's flashes because he is you know a pretty, you know he's 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 not a bad offensive lineman. Like you know what I mean. Like it's not like he was a seventh round pick or anything. There's talent there, um, but just not a lot of comfortable looks. And also like he's an older rookie. BYU, right? Like it's just, it just seems weird to force him to, you know, play right guard for an arbitrary thing, realistically, right? Especially when you don't have a left tackle, anyways. Like Cam Irving is playing left tackle, and he's a disaster too. You're five and eight now. There's a lot of teams between you and the playoffs. You aren't dead, but you're probably dead. Like fuck it. Like what's the worst that can happen at Eckridge? We've seen him a little bit at tackle, but uh, I say put him at left tackle, and this is my start the rook. Get my guy Deontay Brown in at right guard. Let's just see what you got in both of them. I I heard Deontay got in this week too. I, I, I didn't even notice. Uh, I, maybe he did. I don't know. Barely. I don't know. But yeah, I want to see him. If he did, it wasn't for very long. Um, it was for one. Yeah. Snap. Okay. There he goes. <laughs> was it a good snap? <laughs> Yo, he looks fucking sick. So we're in the seven seven. Yeah, baby. Uh, guard number one, like I said, pre-draft. Yeah, that that's super weird to hear. I mean, the the Matt Rule thing has been like how quickly that is flipped. Yeah, I totally. From I totally like agree. The, the this guy's gonna change this around. To, everyone seems to fucking hate him now. Yeah, I mean that's. It's not even like they're they're a disaster this year. It's just they're so uninspiring. Like, I don't yeah, like watching them yeah. play. Um. Uh, my best day three rookie is Jonathan Cooper. He just doesn't stop. Like, he plays with his hair on fire, and, like, it's mainly what he, like, he, he's not, like, getting home and putting up huge numbers, but he's creating pressure just by hustling. Uh, he had a great uh, uh, chase down and ended up with a fumble recovery. He had a couple stops against the run. He's just become a very, very good third guy to have yeah. in your pass rush. Really, like, again, more and more credit to the Broncos. Um, yeah, and like he played sixty five percent of the snaps this week. Like he's had multiple weeks where he's like, he just truly is a yeah, starter. No, for sure. Um, so obviously, I think the best day three rookie was Nate Hobbs. But to give you another name, didn't have a lot of guys. But Brandon Eichel's played a lot for the Jets at corner as they do. Um, he looked okay. Like like the Saints. Like he didn't give up anything. I don't think because the Saints don't. Like they had like twenty one attempts and fifteen completions for like one hundred and seventy yards or something. So not throwing with Taysom there, but. I thought he looked good, like coming coming downhill. Looked really solid tackling. Uh, actually, had a TFL on. Uh, I think it was Kamara, even. Um, just kind of kind of promising, and the Jets are just kind of throwing stuff at the wall with that secondary, and they have been for two years now. And I, I mean, I think it looks like Bryce Hall sticking. So I hope they find some more stuff to, to stick. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, best undrafted rookies since I had the Lions game. I had like <laughs> a fucking pick of any, and. and it's funny because the three undrafted rookies at corner they've been playing throughout the year, none of them, they're all injured now. But they've got undrafted rookies everywhere. So this week, uh, it was the one-two punch at tight end of Brock Wright, who I mentioned last week, and Shane Zilstra uh, this week. Those two were... Brandon's um, brother? Out, I don't know. <laughs> out, out, outside of Amon Ross St. Brown... The Zilstra show was what it was all about. And, and Zilstra played wide receiver in, in college at uh, Minnesota State. That's got to be brand And they've converted, they've converted him into a, a tight end. Uh, so he's like this 
long athletic tight end who just he looks like just a jumbo receiver still. Um Yeah, it is Brandon's brother. Nice. <laughs> uh but uh he, he had a couple drops early, but then he came back strong and had two catches late in the game. He actually played more snaps than Brock Wright. Brock Wright uh, had three for 20. Zilstra had two for 18. Uh, Brock Wright played 56%. Zilstra played 63%. They don't care that they're undrafted rookies. They'll just play them. I love um, But, yeah, Brock Wright's more the classic inline guy. Z- Shane Zilstra's your move tight end. Why bring TJ Hawkinson back? Just run with these two. <laughs> um, you had the pig of the litter, but I had the cream of the crop, Rob. Uh, the king, Jake Curhan, baby, started the whole game this week at right tackle. He played guard last week. Um, he was good. He was good. Remember last week I said PFF like kind of dogged him, uh, but I thought he looked good. PFF like gave him like a 76 grade this week. So he was he, the PFF stamp of approval. <laughs> I told you PFF. He he looks good, man. Like I, at worst, at the very worst, it looks like they found a very, very solid swing tackle. Um, not like a, you know, not a dominant performance by any means, but not the disaster that you expect, especially for the Seattle Seahawks, putting an undrafted rookie at tackle. Like he really, really competent and just solid and, uh, solid in the run, moving some dudes, uh, a couple pressures in the, in the, in the, in the pass protection, but really good. I'm impressed. Uh, a couple of rookies who flashed. I mentioned only McNeil already. Um, Pat Farmuth had another touchdown. Congrats. I thought Quinn Miners looked really good. I didn't have, like, a, a great spot to throw him into, uh, so I just put him here. But I mentioned last week there was some stuff where it was, like, he'd make a nice play, but he also would whiff on a mm-hmm. pull. This week he was a lot better on the pulls. Like, he was – when when there was a man there, he destroyed him pretty consistently. He held up pretty well in pass protection, too. I know it's the Lions, but just another rookie for the Broncos yeah. who looks like he's got a future as a, as a long-term starter. Um, so I mentioned my top guy was Ernest Jones because you put him earlier. I'll give you two more. Uh, it's hard not to mention Kyle Pitts, who had a good game, five catches, 61 yards. His first catch of the day was a really like sweet diving grab. Um, I really liked the third and 13. Okay, they had him in third and 13. They brought him in like jet motion, PA. Uh, they dumped it to him and like just quick, and he just ran for the first, like easy. And that was that play like basically iced the game. So like Pitts, when they're getting the ball and when that office isn't just trash he is good and we know he is good um i'll give you one more just just quick uh aziz Ojolari had another sack quiet rookie year i guess like in terms of everything but he's been good and he's been productive getting to that he's been yeah he's been consistently yeah. solid yeah year. exactly um out of nowhere rook i didn't have like a good out of nowhere rook so i was just happy to see jaquan hardy hit the field this week for the oh, Cowboys. oh that's sick i didn't realize that How- Hard knock star yeah. Jaquan Hardy. He had a three yard rush and a fifteen yard kick return against. I love Washington. that. That's sick. I'll give you three really uh, well, one really random one, one that it makes sense, and one that's sad. Uh, <laughs> the first that that makes sense. Malcolm Koontz is back healthy. He's getting rotated in. He had fifteen snaps this week. Had a sack. Uh, it was really impressive. Long arm, just jab to get under the right tackle. Walked him right back into Mahomes in the shed and just got got to Mahomes to finish it. Was really nice. And now he's got two sacks in his first two games. He's only played 22 snaps total, and 12 of those were, were actually rushing the passer. So that's a very good early return for the Raiders. Uh, i got to give them some credit there. Hopefully he keeps putting that together because that would be really nice. 
Uh, randomly, <laughs> Garrett Wallow got in for the Texans a little bit. He had, he had a really nice TFL in the red zone on a third and two on Rashad Penny. Didn't do too much other than that. And my sad one, uh, Zayman Collins had an onside kick recovery. Yep. And that's about all we can say about Zayman Collins. Yep. <laughs> I don't know where that that's what he does anyway. for the Cardinals. He's just special team star. Mm-hmm. Uh, my start the rookie in book. Yeah, I love it. I know the Saints are technically in playoff position, but the NFC is so weird. Taysom Hill's not 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 good. What do you think? Should should Ian Book get a shot? You did the Saints game this week. <laughs> I think that uh, they should run a true quarterback two quarterback system. I think if you let Ian Book be QB, you're getting the most out of Taysom as your weapon. I think like I think there's like I think it might be a cheat code. I think Book and Hill is just too much goofiness on the field at the same time that it might become impossible well, to stop. Okay, well, hear me out on this. If, okay, maybe you're not comfortable starting a rookie quarterback. Let Ian Book be the Taysom Hill to Taysom mm, Hill's dream. I love it. I love that. Thank you. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. 